This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the W12 podcast. Um, thank you for tuning in and listening. Uh, we've got a f- we're going to get stuck into a fair few topics I want to talk about today. Obviously, Ipswich, we haven't had a chance to reflect on that. Southampton, uh, we've got the transfer window still open. I want to reflect on maybe current bit of business we've done already. Um, Ainsworth, Jake Clark Salt is back in town. Maybe worth having a chat about <laughs> what we think's going on there. Where's Richards? I don't know, you want to find out what you boys think on him. Um, I saw Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank's comments recently. And I also want to have a good chat about Cher. Mm, we'll save that one. Just quickly, before we crack on, we've got a full suite of podcasters today. This is lovely to see. We've got all of you here. Um, Dunk, hello. Hello, mate. You all right? You okay? I'm good. Tired, but good. How's the sausage roll at Southampton? The sausage roll at Southampton was the best part of Southampton. I know. It was unbelievable. Half, that half-time sausage roll was delicious. Oh, God. Yeah, top marks. Yeah, fair enough. Um, <laughs> Chris, you okay, mate? Yeah. Uh, clearly, I wish I had an amazing sausage roll Saturday as well. But, uh, no, happy to be here with the, the full squad, as you mentioned. We're all We're all fit. We're all healthy and ready to go. I don't know if Brad's healthy, but he's here. Well, he's what? available for selection. While he's here, he's like a guest, he's like a guest now, isn't he? He's like a guest appearance. Brad, how are you? Yeah, all, back? all good. All good to be back on again. See your faces. Good. You're building the kitchen. How's it going? Yeah, all done, mate. Just fit, renovated it now, so yeah, I can chill out. Start putting my money away because I'm not going to Rangers at the minute. Uh, and we've got Jack. Jack. Hey, doing, guys? Yeah, good, not, yeah, good to be back on. Um, yeah, no, I hope you're well. But uh, yeah, plenty to discuss, I reckon. Right then, so let's get stuck in. Uh, let's talk about Ipswich, sort of Southampton, roll it in. I, you know, a reflection that I've got is fairly similar in the way the game went. Um, good performance. And then God, the legs kind of went, definitely Ipswich after sort of 60, 65 minutes. Um but better, I think that's a general 
general verdict from everyone and, and, and including me that we we look a lot more solid. We look we look like we're going to compete or we can compete, but there's still question marks over what we've got after 65 minutes in relation to fitness and off the bench. Um, Doug, do you want to kick us off, mate? What was your, what was your reflection? Um, I mean, obviously, with the Ipswich game, we had the unluckiest chance of the season and worst miss of the season in the same game. That's like, got how... that's got no attention, by the way, I don't think. Do you remember oh, when Jordan Hugel missed that goal? It was everywhere for about well, two weeks. Even Dykes last year, like last season, were against Hull at home and he missed from a couple of yards out. Like, like uh, first of all, Armstrong was so unlucky when he hit both posts. I literally thought, it's in. No, oh, it's one of those, like, literally up and down, up and down, like, just getting excited and then just bounces out. And then with Ozzy, oh, my, I just don't even know how he's hit it wide from, what, a yard and a half out? Like, it's it's got to be up there with one of the worst misses I've ever seen. You think because it's Ozzy, it's not got the attention because it's <laughs> a main strike. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's been let off. Why, why was he even there anyway? Uh, but from my not... seat, it honestly didn't look. It, it was bad, but like it didn't look awful, like being in the ground. Might yeah. be like just where I sit in the stand, bowl stand. But I mean, I was fully expecting the ball to end up in the net and I couldn't work out how it didn't. But then watching it back on the train, yeah, that was really painful. But it's interesting you bring up that Dykes one against Hull because I watched that yesterday. And they oh, yeah. like one of the um, kind of on this day, Qtar accounts put it out. I could not, I knew it hadn't gone in, but I hadn't watched it in so long. I still could not believe that that chance didn't go in. But um, yeah, we were we were decent against Ipswich. I was, um, one, I was happy that we were back playing at home. It was still good to be back, back in the ground. Um, yeah, the first home game out of the first five. But it was a good atmosphere, um, pretty full. Um, people were people were happy. There was good good atmosphere, kind of in the in the lower loft and kind of the rail seating, and got some decent flags and stuff, and um, waving waving that around. I think it's the classic thing that if it's not your club, you might go. That doesn't doesn't look great, but I think those guys have done a really good job with that aspect. But yeah, we were bright. Um, I said on the pod before that I thought. Ipswich would be really good and we'd get turned over easily. They weren't as good as I thought they were. Um thought we matched them pretty well first half and it's just a typical thing that if you don't take your chances, I mean Armstrong couldn't have done much more with that shot um, in terms of hitting both posts. But if we if we don't score when we're on top, last year we at the start of the season we could get away with it because you'd be confident we were going to score. Now, if we don't do it when we're looking good, we're in trouble and you're like, mm, going to concede at some point. Well, just on that, like our record under Ainsworth, you know, from losing positions is not not great at all. I think in the in the league games he's been in charge of since he's come back, gone behind in 12 different games. And we've only recovered one point out of those 12. 11 ended up in defeats. The other, the draw, got a draw at West Brom, you know, so I know we'll touch on Southampton, but, you know, we were unlucky not to get points from losing positions in that game. But yeah, I agree with everything you said about the Ipswich game. I think the fitness, you know, 60 plus minutes, it just, it all turned, didn't it, on that. 
And, you know, when Armstrong went off, you know, he, he caused some problems all day. His overall performances lately have been really, really impressive. Um, he looks a championship play, still raw, but his hold-up play, his touch, is, you know, it's, it's looking a lot better, more assured. Decision-making will get better. I think when he ran down the wing, Brighter say Samuel's, Say right to say Samuel style, and you know got right into the box, absolutely torched their defenders. You watch the replay, and Chair was there, you know, waiting for a cutback. And uh, but you know, if you'd run, at, you know, the length of the pitch, you know, you might be entitled to a shot, maybe. But you know, you'll learn from that. I think there's definitely green shoots, as you say. We look a bit more solid at the back. We're starting to look more like a team, cohesive team. Um, and this is all about Dykes up front as well. Um, Yes, the green shoots from the Ipswich game for sure, but uh, that that home form, one win in seventeen home games in all competitions, which is, you know, to my knowledge, I think our worst ever competitive run at home. It, in you know, in a seventeen game cycle, we've never won as few games as that. You know, scored seven goals in that run. You know, and never more than once in a game. So, unlucky not to score against Ipswich, but you know. It's definitely got to be addressed soon because you can't continue that home form. I mean, yeah, well, I agree with what you're all saying. To be honest, we we look we look good at in the back. You know, that's probably our strongest part of our game at the moment is at the back. You know, I think Southampton, one of their goals, Begovic could have probably saved, but you know, Begovic has been decent since he's come in. We're just lacking in midfield and striker, obviously, as we know. But I'm I'm just I don't know what you guys think, but. Gareth Ainsworth's interviews after the games, I know he's seeing positivity in the players and I know that it's looking better, but why is he so happy? You know, I get it. We we, we are missing Jake Clark so we're missing Dunn, but there's still there's still work to be done and we've got no depth, we've got no bench. And, you know, and he's just saying that he's happy with, with what we've got. I don't know what you think on that, but... He, what What... what... I was going to touch on it a little bit later, but I think I don't believe for one second that Gareth Ainsworth doesn't think or want more players or need or the, or believes that we don't need them. Right? It's obvious that we need another right back. It's obvious we need a couple of players, but but with the financial wet, you know, strengths where they are, we just we just can't get these players in, can we? We can't seem to get them over the line. I think he thought that we were going to be selling players that we haven't. Um, and I think that when he means that, I think what he means is where the club is respect. It's it, he's looking back at where the club was, you know, when he took over to when it was at the end of the season, even to what it was halfway through pre-season to what it is now in relation to the people we have got in the building. He's probably is happy for, and the fact that we haven't sold Willick or chair and aren't able to compete for some players. I think he's looking at it thinking, actually, actually, I'm happy now. I'm happy because this is what I've got now. It's, it could be better. It may be better. It may get better. It may not. But and he's not going to turn around and say he's not happy, is he? Right? Well, I mean, come on. There's something going on there with him and Willock, though, isn't there? Let's be honest. He, I know. I know he's saying he's happy. He probably is because he's brought some good players in. Colback looked good against the Ramden, didn't he? Looked strong. Like I said, Begovic as well. You know, we've brought some good players in there. But with, with this whole Willock affair, I just. I don't get it, to be honest. Is he going? Is he staying? Is it, Do you know what I mean? Because he's one of our key players. If he's going and his attitude's not there, then we need to get, get rid of him and bring someone well, in. Just quickly, before, before, before you answer that, mate, right, I just want to quickly ask 
roll that into another question is that the change of style that's happened has come from somewhere. I'd love to know what happened. I really would. Who had that conversation, who he had that conversation with, you know, it wasn't himself. It's he's had this with multiple people or persons that have told him that he needs to change his style. Is that linked to the fact that will it was, it's looking very likely it was then that Willick and Cher are going to be staying and you can't play them in this, you know, in the formation that you wanted to. And that, that, along with the poor performances, has meant that he's changed? Obviously, well, someone's had a word of him after the Watford game because he came out after that and said, Chrissy Willick's going to play, um, well, we're going to tweak a few things and we're going to be getting back to playing a bit more of the style of football the lads are used to and come away from my style of football. Like, what manager says that? So, I mean, not like you don't see like Jose Mourinho coming out and saying, I'm, on, I'm changing my complete setup, my complete how I play football to accommodate one or two players, especially one or two players that have down tools, don't turn up at games. Chrissy Willock plays 45 minutes against Ipswich and comes off because he's knackered, and then we don't see him at all against Southampton. What's that about? Like, I just find the whole situation absolutely bizarre. And Willock being a key player for us is gone. He's not at all. I want rid of him, get him out of the club, literally free up the wages, get a tiny bit of money in for him, see if we can reinvest it in a position we need, say right back or as a striker on loan. I think the Ainsworth comments are going to be just what he does all the time. Right, I'm going to take all the burden on here. We've had, like, that was horrendous, that Watford performance. So what can he do? He's not going to blame the players, is he? So the easiest thing for him to do is go, right, that's on me. I'm going to take all of the blame here. It's not on them. I set up in them up in the wrong way. He might not even believe it, but the the star definitely, well, the star changed because Armstrong became a starter. Therefore, we had an opportunity for pace on the break, and he has the ability to hold the ball up as well. So, the the Willock thing, honestly, no idea what's going to happen by sort of Saturday morning. Is he going to be? Is he going to be in the squad? Is he going to be on the Middlesbrough bench? Is he going to be watching from the stands because he signed for them the day before? Like, it is... And the thing is, against Ipswich, he still looked good. Like, he was really happy with him. He he had the run-in of Morsi and Luongo in that, in that kind of number 10 position. He was battling for the ball. He was taking it past them. He got Luongo booked in the first half. If he'd stayed on for the second half, Morsi would have got booked for fouling Willock. He would have driven us on, and I'm so confident we would have scored. And then to see when Colback was coming on at half-time, and you're like, right, who's he coming on for? And very quickly, as the player's coming out, you're like, he's coming on for Willock. And you're like, really? Like, is that all you could... Is that all you could manage? Or Because that wasn't a shot window 45 minutes. No one goes... Actually, he's playing really well, so I'm now going to take him off. The whole thing very, very odd, but yeah, it was, it was a bit like a preseason, uh, 45 minutes, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, the way like the the way they've managed the players this summer, and it does feel like we've wasted preseason changing tactics after one game. Um, but I do feel that I mean I'm pleased he's changed up because any manager that joins QPR sees you've got chair will it etc and tries to play like rudimentary sort of you know long ball it doesn't make any sense so i'm glad he's adapted i'm glad he's changed 
how that looks on him as a manager, how that, you know, that's up for debate, but it has seen improved performances. So, you know, credit for that discussion that happened after Watford or, you know, after the game, because it was much needed. And I feel Jack, who was it with? Who was it with me? Who did he have? Who do you think he had? The, I really want to know. Players well, in my in my head, I'm seeing it as like a Jim McGill and Bazaki, Adjuman. All these dramas happen at Vicarage Road, apparently. Yeah. I, I just like, I do think it was to be in a collective or a couple of players. I mean, I'm only assuming, you know, but I'm, I'm assuming it's a few players like that. Like, you know, we're talking about that maybe just said, you know, this is, we can't play like this. But it takes, you know, guts to change and I hope that it pays off you know long term if you'd have told me like 14 16 months ago that Cher and Willett would both be, both still be at the club you know this is Mick Bill joining saying you know, I, I don't want them to be sold and you think okay and the fact they weren't sold this summer make you know is it seems remarkable really but Willett you know the way his season panned out last year was you know it was a shock to everyone but this whole coming on for 45 minutes disappearing for two games it's a mystery and the misdirection we're getting from Ainsworth and his interviews, it just, it, it's baffling as a fan. So like I'm almost tuning out sometimes of these pre and post-match interviews because I don't know about you guys. I find, you know, some of it hard to believe. I don't know what he, he's telling the truth about. Jimmy Dunn's been close to playing for ages. We know he dislocated his shoulder, had needed a surgery. You know, no one comes back that quick. Lyndon Dykes, what's he done? Probably a lot more likely to see him play for Scotland than QPR in the next couple of weeks. I, you know, I'm, it's just a bit, it's hard to follow and it's frustrating and it adds fuel to the fire on the conspiracies of why certain players are you know, playing or not, like last season. But I get the, the the point, the notion that he doesn't want to give away team news, right? That's what people will be saying. And I kind of get it. But what I don't get is the, is is that, like you say, the misdirection is that, oh, he's nearly back when he when he's not going to be back for months. That doesn't, that doesn't help anybody, does it? Well, I don't, I don't get that. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? That's the frustrating thing. Um, yeah, he's not looking for so much of sport is like making marginal gains, right? How can you yeah. gain the tiniest yeah. little advantage at every point? But saying, oh, Willock might be back isn't going to lead to the opposition going, right, we're going to watch 10 minutes of video and film on, on Willock and this is how you defend him. That That isn't enough. Like, he's been a championship player for a while. He's playing against other championship defenders who have probably seen him before. So, yeah, that that element is. I could I could understand if it's more about dikes and like your real true focal point. So a team's like, okay, are we going to line? Are QPR going to line up with dikes up front or Armstrong as their number nine? Because that might dictate how you how you defend us slightly differently or the prep you've got to do. But not to me, not massively in terms of Willett, which I know sounds really weird to say because. On his day, he is so good, and we've seen it. But yeah, the the concern is: is he going to get back to that? Will he? Will we? Will we ever see that as QPR fans? Just quickly, no. Brad. Brad, just quickly before you come in, mate. On Willock, is he? Um, is do you think he's got the attitude, Willock, a little bit? And I don't know if this is true or not. The kind of you're going to need me before I need you. Kind of, you know, if I don't leave. You know what you know. You for me, Gareth Ainsworth needs to get the best out of Chris Willock to to and and to do that to have for us to stay up. Not that it, I mean we, we could do it without him, but I think if if he's fit and firing, or even half firing, I think we've got a much better chance, right? If he's fit and, and engaged, stuff. I wonder whether there's this kind of well, you know, Ainsworth's got that in the back of his mind. I might need him 
So I've got to keep him on side a little bit. I've got to, you know, cover him in, with fans. I've got well, to play him. I kind of. Yeah, I get, think, Brad. I get. I well, not really. No, but I think. Okay. Well, because because I get what you're saying. He he thinks he's you know we need him. We do need him. Hence the reason. Look, you know what I mean. Look, our bench. We're bringing on Duke McKenna, Dixon Bonner. You know, no disrespect to them, but we got Schmeifel playing quite well at the minute. But Chair, to me, doesn't seem too interested. I know he had a few chances to slam them, but he should have put them in the back of the net. But with the whole Willock situation, if his, if his attitude's not there, then we need to get rid of him. You know, we can't just have one bad apple in the squad. We've been there and done that before at QPR. You know, and I know he's a good player and I know he can change games. And, you know, we all want that as fans. We want the three points. But like Bill said, he's got to be man-managed. He did say that. He said, Willock has to be man-managed. You have to pick him up when he's down. Maybe Ainsworth is not that sort of manager, right? So Willock's probably thinking, I could do better than this. And in his head, he's probably thinking, I don't want to get a knock. Borough are interested. But then it, all the fans, every week, you're sitting in the pub at the you know at the ground and you're thinking, where the, where the hell's Willock? Not even on the bench, not even in the squad. But it was all quiet, do you know what I mean? So Ainsworth on that front, like Jack said, he just keeps everything to himself and it's just, just weird. It's weird. Well, I mean, just on the whole Willock mystery, just finally on him, I think if they are, if the big master plan is to rest him for Borough, for the Borough game, assuming he stays, it makes sense. Willock scored in his last three appearances against Middlesbrough, and he's got two <laughs> assists as well. So five goals and assists in his last three games against Borough. I mean, <laughs> well, that one I miss. So maybe it, point, it points to what Ben says. You know, if he, a half fit fire, well, not half fit, but half fire in Willock still can make a bit of a difference. But you're, you, you're absolutely you're right as well, Brad. If his attitude's not not there, he's got to go, surely. You can't have it. If no one's in for him, then he can't go. That's the point, yeah, right? But, that's what's but happening. But you someone have someone playing 45 minutes and then go missing for the next game. But but oh, then it comes back... What, it I don't comes know how back good to, he is. Yeah, but it yeah. comes back to our last... When we last speak on the pod throughout the season, right? With I know Dickie's gone, but we're going back to that situation where Dickie was so good when we all thought... Dickie's going to go for 10 million here, you know, 8 million at some stage. We all thought that. Every QPR fan thought that. We were talking in the pub. Dickie's unbelievable. We said it about Willock. You know, he's he's going to go for 12 million, 11 million. No one wants him. And he, there's a reason why no one wants him. And he's, he, do you know what I mean? I get that, but we're going to let him go for cheap, aren't we, if, if we do let him go? And I get what Ben's saying. If we, you know, if we have to hold on to him to keep us up or get us mid-table, even with a bad attitude, maybe we should hold on to him if the value's not there. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's what literally saying? turning into Tyler Roberts. He'll play one game and then go missing for free. But we don't know behind closed doors if Borough are interested in him. And they, Borough could say to Ainsworth, right, we'll, we'll, we'll sign, you know, we'll rest him this game or play him against us. We want to watch him. And then, I don't know. You don't know, do you? I don't think I, that I've happen, got but... sympathy with Ainsworth on this one. I've got a bit of sympathy with a couple of things with Ainsworth, which we can get touched get into in a bit but one is Willock and I think that he's he's got kept the door half open because he knows he might need him to come through it you know he, he probably could I don't know what's happened we don't know what's happened but I'm sure him not being available has frustrated him as much as anybody right so but if if he knows he might be here come Saturday well, and, but you've bombed him out or you've not you know it doesn't and then you're going to rely need to rely on him because we've got injured players which will happen at QPI it does what do you, what happens then? Do you know what I mean? He's playing the game a little bit, or rightly or wrongly. Yeah, he's got he's got to keep him on side. And yeah. I think a key point of of playing Willock and you can 
in my opinion, you can almost sacrifice the fact he's going to go next summer for free because Chair is so much better when he's playing with his best pal, Chris Willock. Think how much they link up and how well they do together. So if we get this season where Willock plays, let's say he plays 28 to 32 games, but that makes Chair better, we as a team are going to be better. And you go, fine, next summer you're going to go. But the asset, the other asset we've got in chair, if he's staying, his price elevates because he's playing with his best pal. That helps us. Um, not, I don't think if Willick left on deadline day, chair would kind of like be sobbing in the corner and go into a mood for months. But it is going to have an effect when you can see how much they they like playing together. Like, so that is going to have an effect on the pitch. And if he's like, okay, well. Fucking Adoma's now going to be right winger most games. Funny enough, I don't think Ilias is going to like it as much. Uh, just quickly to finish off on Southampton and Adoma coming in on, on it, I didn't say it ruined the game, but our biggest threat was was Smith on the right, I thought, um, especially in, well, most of the game. So when he went off, I felt, and it's the same, but it, it kind of, it really, it, I can see what Ainsworth's now saying around him being really pivotal in this formation, yeah. which is him playing real high up. And, and getting at left backs. Um, so when he went off for a Doma, whose legs are shot again, we say every week, I kind of thought that that kind of ru- that didn't, didn't but, look great. But there's, no, there's no other option, though, is there? Let's be honest. No. It's fit to come on. But and then, do you know what? Just touching on Southampton, I want, how annoying is it when the ref blows when Armstrong uses his strength? Oh, oh my God. Did that not do your head in? There was three, two or three times he literally did nothing. The ref blew. They don't realise how strong he is, do they? <laughs> like a little... There's a few things about Armstrong. Like, he, he's not getting any protection from the refs at the moment, and he's got to learn how to deal with that. And yeah. this is a little trend I've noticed in him. His last 13 games, he's been booked six times. So he, he, there is, he feel like he's on a, a tightrope sometimes with how he bustles, bustles around. But I wouldn't change him. You know, he, he is what he is. He's fantastic. But, you know, in terms of his discipline as well, he's, you know, he leads the way in the championship for the most offsides. You know, his goal got disallowed. Um, well, goal disallowed against Southampton as well for being offside. So you, you, you do see areas where he can improve upon, I think, with Armstrong. But, yeah, I agree with your point. I don't see him getting a lot of protection um, from referees. You see Ainsworth's point about, the offside. He's saying he's so fast, it seems offside, but he's not. But, <laughs> but yeah. do, here's a, here's a question. Right? Here's a question for you all though. It is Sinclair Armstrong a starting striker week in, week out in the championship. Would you say yes, going on what we've seen, or would you say no, he still needs to improve? So he, it, we, he starts every week. Yeah. I mean, but with Oh really? I think so. Because he's I only he's going to improve by starting. So if he's not playing, he's not going to improve. He needs to have those runner games to get his confidence in this league. There, there might be the odd big game that maybe you bring him on. I'm not sure. There might be a game away. But imagine bringing him on seven, you know, 70 minutes, yeah. 68 minutes. What a big pitch. Def- defenders are knackered. Do you know what I mean? It... Well, that Burnley game is the example, right? A game where yeah, he didn't start. Exactly. We've kept ourselves in it and then he's been an amazing outlet. But, 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 I mean, I don't think we're in a position where he can't start. No. The only thing which I'm sure we'll talk about is his fitness, and that's what makes this, us feel like, mm, can you actually play him but this most was games problem. if he can only get 60 minutes? I was talking with Ben at the Southampton game. We were there watching it, and I said to him, every single time we're getting the ball, as much as we're not playing long ball, we are hitting it longer 
for, for Armstrong yeah. to kind of get in the channels. So he's making these 30 meter runs, sprints every time, getting bullied by a centre, centre half, and then he's knackered. Yeah. So that's the problem. He's got no one else up with him half the time, but he's constantly making these runs. He can't. Like, he's done that for an hour, and he's out. Of, he's literally blown out his ass. And that's the yeah. Problem. And it, it's so clear that that is literally our game plan. It is the other ten men behind the ball, and basically, as soon as you've got it, right hoof. Yeah. You can, like you can't. Like you just said, you can't do that all game. We have to have something else about us. I guess he's a great. I guess he's a great option though for playing off dykes, isn't he? With his pace, and that, that's yeah. that's what you need. I mean, you need someone that's going to play off dykes with that pace because come come be the end of the window. I'm sure I might be wrong that we're going to end up with Chris Martin. <laughs> but <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? But imagine if we did, we will put Chris Martin and Dykes up top, and then it just will all go wrong again because that's not the sort of player that Dykes needs. So think, Armstrong is that player, but as shown against Cardiff, yeah, as shown against yeah. Cardiff, yeah. Well, Dykes is game. better in the ten, falling back yeah. in the ten, yeah, where he can win the headers, and there's someone behind. He, yeah. he runs, he's got energy, he can fill in. Um, I just, yeah, I mean, when he's back, I think we see an even better Sinclair. Um, I think it was noticeable against Southampton, obviously that we um, Armstrong was up against, in my opinion, one of the best centre backs in the league in Bednarak, and if we'd had Dykes there. Dykes is another season international. He could have occupied Bednarak and given Armstrong a yeah. bit more space. So them two together, I think, is key for any success for us this season. Yeah, I, he's showing a lot though. I mean, you just have if you watch him carefully, his touch is is, is improved massively, and his awareness of other people. You know, Sinclair back to goal. For me, that's a massive um, string to his bow because not all strikers have pace, power, hold the ball up. Getting behind, you know, link the plate. They have they have elements of it, you know. They have a couple of elements, maybe not all of them, but Armstrong potentially could have it all. But so, who's he? Who's he learning that off of? You know, what I mean? in the training ground because I'm not being horrible, but Dykes is not giving him that sort of thing. Who's he? Who's he getting that from? Well, I think Dykes would be the closest to the back to goal play. I mean, if you had a Chris Martin in now, there's a player who can play back to goal properly. Yeah. I know he's not great. He's not like a big, you know, up in the air like Dykes, but. You know, Martin's link-up play back to golf, it's played into his chest and feet, is actually really superb. It's just he doesn't have the physicality to keep up with the play or, you know, like Dykes is a bit a bit more mobile. So, yeah, hesitant about the Chris Martin one. He did a good job last season. I've touched upon it before, but surely, you know, there are other options out there at this point. But, I mean, Andy Carroll was on a free. I wouldn't touch him. <laughs> he's got the you know. France, yeah. Yeah, he's going to, he's going to France. Yeah. Yeah. Let's be honest, anyone who we are, anyone who we're going to bring in is going to be slow, aren't they? Just quickly then on the on the transfer front, transfer windows um closing, not today like we thought, but um tomorrow. It's a bit of a silly time. I agree with uh, Gareth and a few other people. It's eleven o'clock on a Friday before I mean it's ridiculous. What if you sell someone and you're in the team bus? Anyway, um it's not looking likely that anyone's go coming or going, though I, I wouldn't be surprised if something happened tomorrow. Um, and it, it sounds like, you know, we are actively looking to try and bring players in. Um, but I just think we're trying to get them as cheap as possible. You know, we know the FFP headroom is is non-existent. Um, and we haven't, I think, Chair, I'm pretty confident the club thought that he would be gone this summer, like we all did. Um, but the interest and the office haven't been there. Um the performance hasn't been there from Chair, that's why. Well, yeah, we'll get onto Chair specifically in a bit, actually. But just quickly on the transfer window, can any... 
we need players in. We know we do. I don't. I agree with. Uh, I think it was Ainsworth who said it that I don't see the point of bringing in a, a, a young load in. I know we were linked to that Scarlet Spurs. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't. I don't see the point in it. We've got Collie there. What, we may. What influence? I don't know. I just think that we could stay up. We might not. But either way, we'll have a better Ryan Collie next season if he's able to play more games and you know. Getting one of these young players on loan to for another club, I, I don't know. Brilliant. I don't. We need someone who's going to add quality. And if we, they're not available, then they're not available, right? If we can't afford them, we're getting well, outbidded, aren't we? But this is all... the, this is what annoys me with Ainsworth being a yes man and coming in to appease the fans. Like when we had when Warburton was in charge, he was unhappy with the, the like the squad and the depth, and he refused to put seven subs on. He only put five subs on away to Stoke. He said to the board, "This squad is not good enough. I need help." Ainsworth saying, I'm happy, I'm happy with the squad I've got, I'm happy, no issues. We're, we're desperate for a right back. Doug. We're it's desperate for a striker. Hey, but when you're saying, I'm happy with it, the board are going, oh, that's all right, he's happy. He'll work with what we've got. No, the board Come definitely on. know that. They know, mate. Warburton well, but... was given the brief to get us up, get in the top six, right? That's what his brief was. And he couldn't do that, being told that he had to play the youth. I, I think that's what he probably meant. Gareth Ainsworth's job is to keep us up, right? That's the brief. So, but, but we need reinforcements to keep us up. No, yeah, but but like we need like we can't go all season with Aussie at right back. But you he run the risk of bringing we've people Smith, in. Then we've got Smith as a right wing back, and as brilliant as he is going forward, he got turned inside out by a doozy for Southampton yeah. at the weekend. He literally got put in his ass like two or three times. He was at fault for the first goal as much as Begovic was. Like he's not a right wing back. It's like when we had a dome at right wing back. We are desperately short there. We are desperately short up top. Are you telling me that Dykes and Armstrong are going to get the goals we need to stay in this division? Absolutely not. No, Chris but, Martin is. Chris. <laughs> but and Chris but Willock going... and Richards. But I can... uh, Richards. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But going off what Angel, I've obviously, you know, he says he's happy and he's obviously going to say that in the end. He's smiley and he says the performances are getting better and better which he's not wrong right they are getting better and better but we're just not getting three points so he can come out every week and be happy with the performance but sooner or later the fans will turn it's QPR we, you know but looking at that team right I, I know last season we had ready to pop the question the jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to bluenile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at bluenile.com for $50 off. bluenile.com code LISTEN. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ed, Tim, Roberts on loan, didn't we? And yeah, Jamal Lowe. Jamal Lowe. But looking at what he's brought in, right? I get that they're a bit older, legs... Cook, Begovic, Colback. Do you know what I mean? Fox. If we bring a right back in, surely that is better business than those loans last season. Am I wrong? Look, Other than Tim. You need goals to win games. Yeah, How many I'll goals are them not going to give us over the course of a season? 
Obviously, yeah, but then step up. We yeah. can keep as many clean sheets as you want, but one point each week doesn't get, isn't going to guarantee a survival. No, exactly that. But we all know we need a striker. We 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 100% all know that. But if we're not going to get a striker, then he's got, like you said, he's got to make do with what he's got. <laughs> and if, and let's be honest, if he makes do with what he's got and the way it's going, if we carry on doing this, he won't be at QPR for, you know. But the other much. issue we have is, as much as we've been playing well recently, the last couple of games against Itches and Southampton. Can you honestly say that either of those teams got out of second gear against us? So even when we're playing against a team that's not at it, we still didn't grind out any kind of positive result, no matter how good the performance was. Ipswich mm. weren't there. We're there for the taking and we couldn't do it. Southampton were there for the taking and we couldn't do it. We couldn't get anything over the line. I think and it's that's harsh, with us then. performing well. Yeah, that's the concern about the good performances recently, these narrow one-goal defeats. It's like how many of those can you stomach as a squad before the confidence saps away again? Because obviously the place is lifted. There's, there's a better spirit. You know, they, they, they are more confident. They're playing better football. They're creating chances, which they weren't before. But you, as, as you say, Doug, you keep losing the habit. You keep it stay to get, you know, it just becomes a thing. And it, it, we've, we've been losing all calendar year. So you do want to see, as you see, QPR fans, will they turn or not? We'll have to see, but like if the results don't change, probably will, yeah, despite improved performances. But yeah, we all know we need a striker. I think Dunn and Clark Salter coming back might mean that that right wing back spot is just rotated between Kakai and Smith. Whether that's strong enough or not, I don't particularly think so. Smith's look good, but again, fitness issues over the years, injury prone. Can he do a full season? He hasn't really played 90 minutes yet for us. So, you know, we've lost four of our first five games of the season in all comps. Last time we did that was under McLaren in 2018-19. He got Hemed and Wells on line. You know, I don't see that. Yeah. We just don't have that room to play with this year. So this is where you're banking on an Armstrong or you sorry, you're gambling, should I say, on an Armstrong or a Collie to suddenly chip in with five, five goals, seven goals. I mean, as you say, it, it looks like a tall order on paper, but that means we have all these attacking midfielders they're not scoring either. They got to, they got to start chipping in. I know Smith was unlucky against Southampton. He could have had two goals. He hit the bar, the second shot. But yeah, Ch chairs numbers have got to improve. Um, Smith's got to chip in. You know, we, you know, there's got to be more from across the team because we know Dykes isn't going to get more than 10, 12 goals a season if he's there if he's fit for most of it. So yeah, it's it's a it's a conundrum. But at the moment, there's just no room to manoeuvre, is there? We we needed that player sale, the big one. And we just haven't had it to unlock the finances. And I think that's the point, isn't it, Jack? That we, um, I think the club thought that it was coming. It hasn't come. I think there was a lot of targets that we were going to get, but we haven't got because there's been that money's not been there. You know, I think the Wickham lads a good example. There's been a few others in there that we've been in for and, and not got or been. So yeah, I, I feel I I I um have sympathy for Ainsworth in that respect. He knows we need a striker. It's obvious to everyone. But if we haven't got the finances there to bring someone in to make a difference, and remember that these strikers are going for big money, aren't they? That can make the difference is what I'm talking about. You know, that Tom Cannon, Everton are asking for a two million loan fee. I mean, we're not going to pay that, right? You know, you've got Stoke out there, Birmingham, we were paying ridiculous money. Hull, Cardiff, all these players. I just think it's harsh. I can I can just see easy going tomorrow to I could love like Spurs or something for like end of the window ten o'clock or something that gets put through and we're getting that windfall from the easy sale and we can't oh, spend man. it because we've got no time left. That's yeah, what I'm dreading. That's what I'm dreading is going to happen tomorrow. 
if if that happened, the QPR social team should get that clip of Lee Hoos giving fingers up to that fan <laughs> he was having that chat with and spin that around into like a really positive positive video. That would be quality. Uh, do, you reckon, do you reckon he is going to go easy? Yeah, no, no chance. Palace can't go. sell him. Can't he sell your best go. player. The issue is that he tries to run his contract down because he's only got a couple of years left at the after this. So yeah, he's got he's got two years left. Next summer is the is the win for us. He'll be their main man this year. He's already been great in their first few games. Yeah. Elevate his level even more this year in the England squad. Could easily make the uh, Euro squad next year. That... Money talks, though, doesn't it? I mean, imagine yeah. if Saudi Saudi come in next week. <laughs> no, I think he's he's um. Never you listen to him talk the amount he does in his own community and how kind of attached he is to South London, that that move isn't going to happen. The dream is still that he goes to City next summer for a hundred mil. We bank huge windfall from that, and he gets even better as a player. But isn't when we were talking about the strikers, I wanted to see what um, if Ikpiatsu, so the ex Wickham striker, because he was like linked with us on a free. He's going back to Wickham, like. That came out today, completely missed that earlier. I mean, it's easy to link us as a team with anybody who has played for Wickham for about five minutes. So this might have not had any legs, but it's probably the only striker name we've seen linked other than Chris Martin. And I guess we didn't didn't make him an offer. It will be Chris Martin. Well, he doesn't need to come. He doesn't, Chris Martin doesn't need to come. I mean, we can still do business after the window on freeze, you know, I think. Yeah. Again, that's our market, right? The freeze when players are not playing and they agree terminations, they become available, don't they? We can still do that after Friday. So I'd, even if we don't sign anyone tomorrow, I'm not sure that will be the end of it. Like, like I said, Chris Martin, oh, I'm convinced he'll come in. But just quickly on, on Gareth Ainsworth, I'm not pro Gareth Ainsworth, by the way, but I am starting to. I can see what he's trying to do, right? Whether he does it or not, or whether he keeps us up, or whether he's got enough, I don't know. But I don't know. I have a little bit of sympathy for him, Doug. I know you don't. Well, the problem is, I was was speaking to a Southampton fan after the game, and their comment was, for the first 45 minutes, all they saw Ainsworth do was try and G up the fans. Nothing tactical, not speaking to any of the players. But it was literally trying to motivate the fans. And I get that. And I understand that he wants us to be the 12th man and he wants us to try and help get this squad and, and the team over the line in certain games. But like we said before, when we're playing well but not getting results, it's going to start taking its effect on the fans. There's only so much we can sing for 90 minutes and keep going every single week when we're not getting any points or we're not seeing any anything positive. I just feel like stop trying to be that trying to get the fans so much on side, just do the job you're there for, which is get that team performing. And I guess Don't worry right. about trying to please the fans and trying to say the right thing and trying to like basically do the like smoke, smoke screen, like cloak and mirror stuff, where he's telling one thing, something like that, what's going on with the squad's actually another thing. So he's saying stuff like Jimmy Dunn, oh, he'd be back soon. He, he wasn't. Dykes, there's no news on his injury. Just like stop doing all that. Just get on with what you're doing. Tell us, I've got this player or this player. I'm doing this with the squad. And just go with that. On the Dykes one quickly, we should... Why is it always that he's like... He's always just coming back from an injury as we get to international break. I'm not I'm not saying it's a personal thing by him, but I don't feel we as a club are 
good enough or strong enough to say to Scotland, no, he's not being called up because he's injured. Like you can't have him this week. What we should be saying in, in all these international breaks is, sorry, you need to recover with us. So you're fit for that next game. I just don't, I don't understand it. It really England, annoys me. They've got England, mate. There's no chance he's not going. I mean, on the, on the other side, I mean, he, he builds up his fitness with Scotland and comes back fitter because he's yeah. not So that's, right. yeah. in, this, in this situation, it works, I think. And he'll probably score. No, he needs to. Who <laughs> for us would bear miss. I mean, going back to you on Ainsworth, I'm, I'm not against Ainsworth, you know, fully. I mean, I do get what he's trying to do and I get that. But Dunk is right in... You know what what he says. The fans will come. You stop trying to be this man. You know, arms in the air. And then at the end of the game, even though you know we've lost, but he turns around and points to all the players as if to say, "You clap them." Yeah, we we get that. We're gonna clap them. We lost. They give us a good. You know, we're improving. But Dunk is right. How long can it go on for? He can't just come out every game. Yeah, we're improving. He started the interview. He's smiling. We're improvement. I see good performance. We were unlucky. Yeah, we didn't take our chances. Yeah, I get that. That's right. But eventually, you will lose these fans. And I know how much, you know, how many fans are with him because of his time at QPR. If it, if it was a different manager now, at this point, it wasn't Ainsworth in the hot seat, what would be happening? Let's be honest, it would be different. And I, I think get we it, saw that probably... with Critchley, didn't we? Exactly. Because we didn't, we didn't have the attachment to him. His, exactly. Uh, the tether we're prepared to give him is a lot shorter. Um I think that's always going to play a part. We should we shouldn't kind of put every manager in the same position and be like, right, this is the amount of games every manager has. So, um, yeah, yeah, he he's got a really bad hand. I think um, it, it's like game of poker. He's got a really bad hand, and he's trying to do play his hand as best he can. It may or may not work. I, 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 I mean, the question isn't the question is. I guess then is how long do the board or if if he doesn't start getting the wins and because remember I think as long as we're sort of in the round where we are now, right? I think he's okay. Right? I think he'll survive. Right. Whether however we're outside the bottom three. So yeah, we're doing really basically, well. Yeah, exactly. Right. So as long as we're in the round where we are, I think he'll survive regardless of what happens. Right. But it's if if we start hitting that bottom two and and like Doug's saying, the performances everything we're saying, teams work us out, we haven't got a plan B, we've got no squad fitness is like when all that starts continually being the issue then you're in trouble right um, and you start getting in that bottom three so um it's just how long then do the board give it well, knowing that not... we're going to be in trouble knowing that this was probably inevitably going to happen if we don't buy the players that we clearly need well you got a three-year contract didn't he like we've got no money like what kind of severance package is he going to want if we go and get rid of him this year uh, there's a, a year into there, it. I, don't, I don't know I don't know. I mean, we, I don't got, we, can't, we, we, couldn't, we couldn't afford 300k for a centre back. Like, we're going to have to pay more than that to sack Ainsworth. That's. Yeah, but you don't pay it all out at once, do you? It goes over the contract of what he has. So, I don't know. It's from what I know. Yeah, I mean, on Ainsworth, he has, you're right, he's been dealt a real tough, tough hand as to be a QPR manager. You know, he's wanted to be that for a long time. It, I, I still think there are, you know, there are green shoots of positivity to. You know, try and remain hopeful, but if the results don't turn, you know, to match the performances, he's not gonna. I don't think he's gonna last. At, you know, 
a long time, is he? You know, if we're in the bottom three, bottom two, you know, one one in our first ten or whatever, you know, it, it's going to be a tough, it'd be a tough decision to make. But you know, it's good that we've got a manager that cares about the club. But it's a it's a good point you make. This was Critchley in this start. He, he didn't last, did he? He didn't last. He only got like 11, 12 games. So is that QPR attachment? But the squad's not changed. Well, it has changed quite a bit from Critchley, but. I mean, the depth of the squad, I say, is not changed by much because it's it's our whole season is almost going to be like balancing on a rope, isn't it? Let's be honest. We get two absolutely, injuries. Brad. Yeah, that's we're, completely so, what it is. Our whole season is like balancing on a rope. We get two bad injuries, we're gone. We got no depth. We got no we got no bench. We got no players to fill in those players that get injuries. So surely we're all sat here now, and we all even Ainsworth. He says he's positive. He says that we, you know, he he sees positivity. The attitude's well, but. He knows full well it could go this way or that way. And likelihood of QPR is going to go that way. We're going to get injuries. And let's be honest, yeah. he's going to he's going to go, though. But and then we're all going to say, yeah, he's gone. We're going to get a new manager. But a new manager is going to come in and he's going to get dealt a bad hand as well. And then it's it's just going to go like that for it's a while. Cycle, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's a cycle. cycle continue. And I think you're right. It's a Steve Cook you know, Lyndon Dykes long-term injury and then, you know, chairs not firing. You know, we're, we're a bit of a mess then, aren't we? Or Sandfield gets a knock and he's out for a while. Yeah, it, it just there just isn't the players behind the starting eleven, which isn't too bad at this level. It's just, you know, we've got two or three subs that can maybe come on, but we've got a bench of nine, you know, is it? I think it's nine at least not... It's, not, it's all youth team players, isn't it? And B-team players. So it is... I is hanging on a knife edge. The results have got to turn. We'll feel a lot better if we can get a result at Borough. It will look, make the table look a lot healthier. Um, yeah. But, you know, I don't... They're on a shocking run. It's so you know dicey, it? It's very dicey, yeah. Problem is, football turns really quickly, doesn't it? You win at Borough, you win two of those games out of three. I think I'd have taken that at the start. You know, you lose it and you've lost, you've won one out of five. It just, it, it, it really does. That's how... Five margins we're talking. You see, Senny Dianger have the game of his life and then he'll score yeah. in the 92nd minute. Well, he's currently got the worst save percentage in the league. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I saw he that in the league. It won't happen Saturday, will it? We know. <laughs> we know he's going to like, Sinclair Armstrong is going to take on like five players and then he's going to come out of nowhere and do like a wonder save. Just quickly then, um, in this chair, just before we talk about Borough um, and predictions and stuff, um, chair, I, I, I know that we've touched on him, but he hasn't not down. He hasn't down tools. He's still working hard. He's still doing what. He just doesn't look like he's got that smile on his face, does he? Do you know what I mean? Like he doesn't look, doesn't look, body language wise. I don't want to say engaged because that's quite harsh, but I don't know. I, I mean, him not finishing those chances. He's never been a great finisher, has he? I don't think in his chair when he gets in those positions. Um, but if he stays, do we think? What do, do we think we're going to get the same Ilias chair that we've had or do we think that no. we'll get a a moody Ilias chair more or do we think that he'll I don't know Does he, is I mean, he out of form? This this comment could probably come bite me on the arse but I don't think we're going to get the same Ilias chair as what Mick Beal got at all I think Mick Beal got the best out of chair let's be honest he, but I just don't think Ainsworth I don't know by the looks of it we can only, we're only looking from a you know the stands I don't. It doesn't look like Ainsworth and Chair have the best. I don't know. I'm not for what I'm Ainsworth at. never talks about Chair, does he? 
<laughs> very, very, very rarely talked about chair. When we went at the, uh, up to the training ground and we chatted with him, everything was about Chrissy Willock. Oh, he's the fittest he's been. I'm going to get the best out of Chrissy Willock. There was nothing about Ilias. Like, with Mick Beal, Mick Beal was like, Ilias is my main man. And that showed for the first part of the season last season. Ily but... Oh, Maybe that's I've, it. I mean, Warburton put a lot of trust in him as well. You know, he's one exactly of the main... Maybe chair responds to having a lot of faith shown him from the manager. I mean, if I think we'll we'll tell after if he's still here after the transfer window, maybe he's he, he will buck up. I mean, he looked brighter in the second half against Southampton. Yeah, you're right. The finishing has never been a strong suit. You know, he's got to tidy that up. But for us, we're talking about depreciating assets. He's got to have a good season because mm. he's still under contract. Next, if he's still here next summer, we'll be looking. You know, we'd want to get a fee from him. If he does stay, on the plus side, he, he, he'll, be, he'll surpass 200 appearances for QPR. And, I mean, can you a little question for you guys. Can you remember the last QPR player in recent times to get to 200-plus appearances in the you know recent years? Adua? Yeah, Adua. yeah, I was going to say Adua. So not many players do it, you know. Mm. Such a squad churn, you know, with QPR in you know, recent years. It, it doesn't happen very often, so... Yeah, he's, he's served QPR well, Chair, and I, I love him as a player. He has his flaws. He's 26 next month, so maybe if you're a, a club and you're looking at him and you think, what's his developmental you know, ceiling? Can we get more out of him? Or is this his level? Might be why he's still at QPR. I still think he's think... going to be a very attractive player for teams who are in and around to buy in January. Obviously, January transfers aren't that common, but... Um, I mean, we'll judge what our own position is in January. That could be really bad news for us to sell, but it might be an offer we can't turn down because a club in seventh to fifth place is like, right, well, he's the one we need. We need that man to unlock. Um, I think, yeah, when in an Ainsworth team, he's never going to play as well as he did under Mick Beale. That's just It's just different football. He'd enjoy it a lot more. Um, but the the how the manager talks about you, Maybe behind closed doors, he's sort of best pals of Ilya's chair and like arm around him all the time. And in training, you're amazing. There was one point in the Ipswich game where in the second half, Armstrong was like on the, we're defending a corner when Field was off the pitch. And like Armstrong was on the halfway line. He was kind of like, right, that's my job. Ilias absolutely screaming at him from the, from the penalty spot. Like, get back here. Like, I mean, I can't tell what language they were using, but he was fuming with him. And like, they're screaming at each other. Someone had to come over and not quite separate them, but be like, look, shut the hell up. Like, let's actually try and defend this corner. And uh, I don't know, you can take that in two ways, like both showing passion for the team and that's what we want. Or was Chair still fuming at the fact Sinclair didn't pass him the ball, so I'm now going to scream at you from, for, for doing your job and you need to sit in because you've only got 10 men. But um, I still feel still feel he'll be a top performer for us um, under any manager. I think he's always got the right attitude. Never a problem about that. So um, he's not going to shrink. He's not going to say he's got a knock when he doesn't. He's not one of those. He's always going to want to play and play well. Because I, I agree with you that I think he's got the right attitude and he won't like shrink away from it. But when he's smiling and happy, you get a lot more of a, like a um, positive... Ilias chair yeah. is much more influential in the game. Whereas at the minute he's doing the job, he's doing what he's got to do. He's tracking everyone back and working hard. 
but it looks like he just has that little bit of a lack of belief in himself this season. Like I know he was up against um, Carl Walker-Peters, who's probably one of the better right-backs in the division this season, but he never really looked like he believed in himself he could get past him. Um, it, 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 he's a better roamer, isn't he? That's he's a bet. You get a better in his chair where he can roam and he can float. He's very restricted onto one wing at the moment under um, Ainsworth, which is what it is. But I just think again, you want to get the best out of him and a Willock. They need they need to be in that position behind Armstrong, behind Dykes, or whatever. So I, again, it's up. That's what Gareth's got to sort out, hasn't he? Um, not to get too tactical quickly, but we were talking earlier about the defenders that were going to get back, and we we're talking about right back. But do we think what we actually should line up with is like Jimmy Dunn at right back, because right back's a massive issue for us. You have um, let's imagine Clark Sawyer isn't fit, so you've got Cook and Fox. And <laughs> you have got... to imagine that, mate. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> that's the reality. So then Fox and Cook centre-backs. So Dunn's just going to sit in. He's not going to go forward at all. He's got Smith in front of him who can do the attacking job. He still needs to defend, but it's not essential because you've got a proper defender at right back. Therefore, because we've got three who sit, Kenneth Powell can get forward more on the left and therefore Chair can roam around because he doesn't have to stay in that left spot because you've got three proper defenders. Powell will get back... Um, I might send my suggestion into Ainsworth and Dobson if they if they fancy it, but <laughs> to me that that feels like it can work. Fullback can play right back, but need him to back, Yeah, yeah, and then if he's in midfield, he can drop back into that hole. Like, but why? Not? If Colback goes right back, then Dazelle's definitely got to up his game. Let's be honest. I feel like he's been better, but he's not good enough. But I feel like he's been better every couple of think, last couple of weeks. Like I said, like I felt he was unlucky against Southampton because he was almost playing in a like, defensive shape as like a right winger. Once um, Smith went into like the right wing back, Dazelle was at the right, the furthest right of the midfielders, but he's left footed. And you could see yeah. he was uncomfortable trying to play a pass with his right foot. He kept just trying to hit it down into a channel rather than trying to like pick a pass. That was yeah. a point in the Ipswich game. He's playing against his old team. The game he should have been massively up for. He's on the edge of the box. He had perfect opportunity to swing a leg at it with his right foot. 18 yards out. No, trying to get back on his left foot and blocked. Absolutely fuming with him. Like Footballers <laughs> who can only kick with one foot seriously do my head in. Like, you are so good to play football league standard and you aren't prepared to swing your other foot at a ball. Yeah. I don't understand it. Just quickly before I want to... I was looking at earlier about... Saw something around the players that have played for both teams, QPR Middlesbrough. There's only five that I okay. found. And we're talking, well, I went back all the way to like the 90s, early 90s. This is where 80. Jack comes up with like 20. Yeah. <laughs> I can't fit, right? I find that mad considering, you know, they've been here, we've played them a lot, right? I don't know. Anyway, I just want to see if any of you can get the five, right? I'll tell you the clubs and you've got to try and see if any of you can get them, right? So the first one, nice and easy. Um, he went on loan to Accrington Stanley, then Morecambe, then Stevenage, then Bristol Rovers, then Blackpool. He went on loan to Gillingham. He went on loan to Doncaster. Then he played for QPR, 60-odd games. And then he left for Middlesbrough. Joe Lumley? No. Dean. Yes, Joe Lumley. Oh, no, that's too. Can't believe that took you so long. Can't believe that took you so long. <laughs> right, Am I allowed to play this game? 
<laughs> Did you know that? Did you know that? I've, I've got. He's got it on his screen. I was distracted by other ones in my head, but I'll right, see. I've got another one. I got another one. Here we go. This is a good one. Right, he started at United, went to West Ham, then went on loan at Birmingham, then he went on loan at QPR. I know oh, Ronald Morrison. Yes, Ronald Morrison. All right. God, I thought that was a bit harder. All right. How about this one? Right. Hold up. Here we go. Right. So he was at Portsmouth. Then he went on loan to Cardiff. Warsaw on loan. Then he went to Middlesbrough, where he played 109 games. He then went to West Ham. He then went to QPR. Norwich. He played 29 games for QPR, by the way. Oh, Norwich. Hugo. Nope. No. You haven't played for him. Hugo's played for Borough. Yeah, he has. Yeah, yeah he's the first them. one I had on my list. Yeah, he's one of them, but he's not. It's not, not him. Went, he went to Norwich, Bristol City, and ended his career at Bolton. Mm. I don't have a clue. Started up he's a bit of a legend. He's a bit of a legend. I wanted to say Grant Hall, but it's not him, is it? He's... He, he has played for both, though. So Yeah. Who's that, Brad? I said Grant Hall, but it's not him. Yeah, I didn't put Yeah. So, no one's got it. He's no. a currently a manager in the Premier League. Gary O'Neill. Gary O'Neill. Yes, yeah. Gary O'Neill. See, there you go. Fun I've little game for ra- us. I've got a few random ones if you want. Didn't, didn't think he played for him as well. Didn't um, Ledesma, Ledesma. play? But yeah. I've got Ledesma, but I thought that'd be a bit easy because there's only a few clubs and one. It would just been a bit easy. God, God, Jack. Uh, well, you've got, I say Hugo Ledesma, Grant Hall, Joe Lumley, Sani Diang. Trying to think, they're quite recent now, aren't they? I'm sure there's some. Um, I missed, that, I missed it... those two. I've got Marcus Bent here as well, was one. God. <laughs> that was my hard one. I did, yeah, I didn't do it. But If you ran through Marcus Bent's clubs, we would have been recording a two-hour podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he played like two games for us as well. Oh. <laughs> uh, just quickly then, Middlesbrough um, brought a lot in, and they brought a lot of signings in. They've signed, what, Lewis O'Brien? Um they haven't started yeah, well, though, have they? Huh? They haven't started well, though. I know. I kind of think it's a really bad time to play them. Everyone's saying it's a good time to play them. I think it's the opposite. I think that they need, they've not had a good start. They're going to want to win at home, aren't they? Um, mm. Who else have they bought? They've bought someone else today, haven't they? Um, was it Lewis O'Brien? And uh, they bought that guy from Leeds. Greenwood. Sam Greenwood. Oh, oh yeah. Brought him on yeah. alone. Well, hopefully Lewis O'Brien won't play Saturday, but because he's he's a very good player, I can't believe that he got so few chances last season or no championship. Well, Blackburn managed to get him and then couldn't register him or there were some issues there, wasn't it? Um, do, do you reckon then, right? Do you reckon it's going to be the same team as Samantha, but Willock's going to come in? No. Uh, I think yeah, he'll be on the bench. I think it'll be the same team, mate. I think yeah. Likes will be on the bench. Likes and Willock on the bench. Yeah. I feel it's way more likely Dyke starts because whenever he seems to like suddenly be coming back, then all of a sudden he plays in the... He starts the game and he seems to play 90 minutes. Um, his recovery <laughs> yeah. fitness must be incredible. 
Um, we probably should but touch very quickly on the fact that uh, the QPR development team managed to do what the first team can't do and managed to win at Peterborough away. Seven, <laughs> wasn't it 7-1 or something? 7-1, yeah. yeah. You, you see the colleague or one of them, the one we oh, picked. Yeah, yeah but that's really the benefit, isn't it? That's the benefit of all these players getting first in football is their confidence. It's going to be like, Collie will be there going, well, what's this now? I've been away at Southampton. Do you know what I mean? Coming off 20 minutes, this development, this player here, off what? Do you know what I mean? It gives everyone that extra bit of confidence. Um, Let's see if Adoma developed playing against Peterborough. <laughs> you should send him down there. Uh, but yeah. Man, like, did, did, did Clark Salter play against Peterborough? He was supposed to, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Richards, was the, Richards was the T-boy. <laughs> <laughs> this is punishment for that, for that tackle we didn't do at Oxford. We've not seen him since. Um, yeah, but how quickly do we think everybody will be hyping up Collie so within like two games everybody on Twitter will be like right he needs to start every game now and he's the key to us being amazing and that's because that's what happened to Armstrong last season again we just need to be very careful with him he was he was impressive against Ipswich like put himself about a huge amount like one headers you would not expect a kind of youth player to come on and come on and challenge for the ball and yeah there was no element of right I'm a I'm a youngster and I like basically getting the ball to feet and just doing whatever I want. Like, so confident. Great to see. He was unlucky against Southampton as well at the end. Like, yeah, that was uh, the moment everyone was like, this is it. Yeah. And I think oh, whether, whether, he, so he, he said, whether he sensed that from the crowd, because everyone was like, <gasps> mm. yeah, he just kind of hesitated. But like people said player. in the crowd, like people, people like people said in the crowd, if Chris Martin was there or Charlie Austin or someone at that point, that would have been 2-2. Right, you know. So, anyway, um, just quickly then, to end, um, three questions, just a yes or no, and, and a score prediction. Do you think that Chair and Willick will be here come Saturday morning? Do you think we'll bring anyone in? And what do you think the score will be? Uh, Brad? Yes, they'll both be here. I've got one second. Will we bring anybody in? Will we bring anyone in on the slide? Yeah, I think we will because you can't believe anything that Angel says. I think someone's going to come in 100%. Jack? Uh, yeah, I think both Willock and Chair will be here through a lack of interest. I think, uh, yes, some will come in. I think in the mould of Chris Martin. Um, what, was the, what was the last one? Not hard. Um, what was the score? <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> oh, I'll miss that one. Yeah, no, go on, Brad. Do you want to go first? <laughs> I'm going to go 2-1 Borough, but we played well and, the, and you know, the performance is looking solid. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just go really wild. I'm going to go 3-2 QPR. First time we scored oh. in a game since last October against Cardiff, 37 games ago. So I'm going to go really optimistic like Ainsworth in his interviews. He's got a wedge on a stat. Go on, Chris. Uh, yeah, they'll both be here. No, we won't bring anybody in because we'll wait to bring someone in on free. Chris has written and... down. He's written it down. Uh, look. Yeah. <laughs> I've written Y, N and 1, 1. That's my <laughs> prediction. That, sorry, what? Sorry, mate. I completely missed that. Did you say that? What did you say? Can you say again? Uh, yes, they'll both be here. Yeah. No, we won't bring anybody in because uh, we'll wait till people are available on a free. And 1, 1 is my prediction for Borough away. Well, we don't want to go to Dunk here. Oh, God. Ilias will still be here. Chrissy Willock will go. No one's coming in, and we're going to lose 2 0. Oh, my God. 
That was going around a really depressing. I thought you were going to be like, we'll lose 5 0. Yeah. <laughs> ben, I what's think yours Willick, then? Yeah, I think Willock will go last minute. I could even see him go out on loan. As mad as that sounds, why would we do that? But I just think it will enable us to bring someone in because I think we will bring someone in and I think we'll lose 1 0. So, yeah. Not great. There you go. Anyway, <laughs> all right, lads. Nice to have you all on. Nice to see you all. Um, we'll catch up next week and uh, let's hope for a good result on Saturday. We've got a bit of a break, haven't we? International break. We can yeah, enjoy we our it. Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, yeah, everyone. Nice. You are. Yours. You are. Sausage rolls. <laughs>